How many of you out there would consider yourself uh, easily startled? Like, Ugh! I don't want to admit it. I like want to be a manly man. My wife and I, I hope this doesn't, but we really like cop shows, you know, like mystery shows. And I think, I think the reason I like them is because the main characters are always so, like they're the men who are like solid and they know everything that's going on around them. And if you try to sneak up from behind them, they'll just hit you. But I am opposite of that. I mean, I am, I am easily startled, especially when I'm at work. I just, for some reason, I get focused and I get concentrating on work. And, and if someone comes into my office, sometimes I'll just jump out of the chair. My kids used to, when I worked at home, my kids used to love to do this. And now my staff at, at the office will do this. There's one lady at my office who just loves to tell the story over and over about how she came into my office and I hovered above my chair for five seconds, she claimed. Just look. Before I came back down onto my chair. I hate that about me, but I'm easily startled kind of guy. Uh, and you guys know uh, that I've talked a lot about that longer term too. Like, I'm not just scared in the instant. I, I have some more fears in my life. I, I've got anxiety about things sometimes. And there's these short term, like, ah, startling things. And then there's medium term, like, I hate, hate to have to deliver bad news to somebody. I I just get worked up about it over time. You know, I, I start just thinking about it over and over and over and over about how bad this is going to be to deliver this bad news. And so really, as a manager, I'm pretty... You would love to work for me because you can do anything you want, really, because it has to get really bad before I'm like willing to enter into the fray there. Uh, and then long term, like I'm scared of things long term, like, you know, like the economy of my, of my grandkids that I don't have. I don't have grandkids, but I'm really afraid of, of the economy for them because by then robots will have taken over and I don't know what they're going to do. I, they're going to, uh, yeah. So anyway, I just have, I just have all this kind of, uh, things that I think about and, and things to be worried about. Uh, so we're coming into the Christmas season and, um, and all of the teachers in this series, we're going to be talking about what the angels said in Luke 2. Luke chapter 2, the angels are talking to shepherds. And here's what they said. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were terrified. Exactly. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. All of our teachers are going to be talking about words that are in there, <clears throat> mixed in there, what the angels said, and, and, and what they were really proclaiming. <clears throat> and so naturally, I, t- I decided to pick out the fear uh, part of that. I'm going to be talking about, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And eventually, I'm going to get to where every single teacher who teaches these verses gets to, which is, this is about a long-term thing. But let's be honest. This is a short-term thing. Commentators love to talk about how many times, don't be afraid, don't have fear, appear in the Bible. But seriously, every one of those times, well, that's overstating, almost every one of those times, the person should actually be afraid. Right? This is not like some sort of magic, theoretical, like big picture, you shouldn't be... Usually... The person should be afraid. And the angel's first job is like, hey, 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 calm down. I know I scared you to death. 
You know, you know the feeling when you're coming into the house at night or, or you're going into and you know that your spouse doesn't think you're going to be there and you just know there's nothing you can do except for to scare them. And you're try, trying to figure this out. Like, how am I going to let her know that I'm here in a way that doesn't scare her? And so you're like, um, hi, you right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Well, that's that's what's going on. In all, in most of those cases in the Bible, when an angel appears, you know, it's usually like, Bleh! you should be really afraid of this. So, so the shepherds are sitting there. Just think of them. This is real stuff. The shepherds are out there. They've been out there every night. They're out there all the time. That's their job. They're out there all the time. Angels never appear. That never happens. And then one night, angels appear. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. I have no idea what that meant, but it sounds really scary to me. The glory of the Lord shone round about them. Alice Shirey is going to be talking about that. I have no idea how, how she's going to cover that. It'll be fun. Um, and the angel said, do not be afraid, because they were terrified. Of course, of course. So <clears throat> we have to look beyond that do not be afraid phrase. That phrase is not the phrase that makes it interesting. It's the next phrase. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news. I bring you good news. Now we're getting somewhere. Now we're getting into the place where this is long term. This is something that you can take comfort in. Do not be afraid. It's just little. Don't be afraid. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I scared you. You know, this is what the angel is saying. Don't be afraid. I'm not going to kill you. Don't be afraid. You're not going insane. Don't be afraid. Uh, 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 I bring you good news. Long term. And then the next phrase, today in the town of David. I can't really say that without the city of David, right? From peanuts, today in the city of David. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This, this, now we're getting somewhere. This is significantly good news. See, you guys, we don't all know this big, long time span of the Bible like we should but those words, those are coded words. Those are special words. Those are big words. A Savior, a Messiah, a Lord. These are huge announcements. <clears throat> a Savior. God has been promising for all of time that He is going to save us from the fall. He is going to save us. Right, as soon as Genesis uh, 3 happens and we have sinned, what's the first thing that God says to the serpent? I'm going to kill you. <laughs> really, really, I will crush your head. I will take away your leadership. I will remove your kingdom from you. I will crush your head. Says it right away in Genesis. And we get into Abraham and, and God calls Abraham and he says what? I'm going to bless you and I'm going to make you a nation. He calls Moses and what does he say? He says... I'm, I have heard the trouble of my people and I am going to rescue them. I am going to save them. And he starts talking to the prophets and what does he say? He says, I am going to be their God and they are going to be my people and I am going to gather them to myself. I'm going to save them and save them. And, th and this saving has all these like big implications, but it also has local implications to them. They were under the role, rule of the Romans. And they were absolutely convinced that a savior was coming to save them from this rule. This is a tyrannical rule. This is not something that's great. And in fact, really interesting language. When they say good news, I'm bringing you good news. It's exactly what the Romans would say when they conquered a city. But it was like ironic when the Romans were saying it. Hey, we've just conquered you. You are now our slaves. Good news. 
It's going to be peaceful from now on. That is not good news. That's absolutely not good news. Good news. You're not at war anymore because we beat you. Bad news is now you're going to have to pay us taxes and our guards are going to be on your corners and, you know, really you're subject to us. But it's good news. Believe us. It's for Rome. Here's the angel saying, no, 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 no. Good news. Good news. There's a savior who's going to save you, not take over. Good news. There's a Messiah, a Christos in the Greek, Christ. There's a Messiah. This is another huge, long story. A story of uh, 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 this one final priest who's going to be the perfect priest. And, and they don't understand it, but he's going to offer some sacrifice that's better than all other sacrifices that have ever come before. And it's going to end the sacrificial system. And it's going to make us all acceptable to God. We don't know how this is going to work. It doesn't make any sense at this particular moment. But there's going to be, we know there's going to be a Messiah, a Christos, a Christ, and he's going to give this offering and we're all going to be saved of our sins. A Messiah is born. A Lord, a Lord is born. Again, this talks about this reign, this this uh, uh, ability to be sovereign, where somebody actually can make things happen that are supposed to happen, that can have a good kingdom. Again, we get back to this idea in their heads that some that there's going to be this new king a new, a new, a new ruler is going to come to town. And again, we don't quite understand what that's going to look like. I'm saying for them, they don't understand what it's going to look like, but they do know it's going to be a new ruler who's going to rule a new kind of kingdom. And this new kingdom actually is going to be peaceful, not the fake kind of Roman peace where you can't do anything because you'll be crushed and killed, but a real peace. <clears throat> Good news. There's a savior, a Messiah, a Lord. So this really is good news. But, and here's the catch. But, this good news is on this totally different time span than what we normally are looking for. This is on this long, hundreds, thousands of years long time span. Good news. I'm going to do the thing that I've been talking about. When I first talked to Adam... And then I talked to Abram. And then I talked to Moses. And then I talked to Ezekiel. Right? And now I'm saying, there's another thing that's coming. But it's in a long time frame. The fix, in fact, what what does he say? The fix has been born. Today in the city of David, a Christ has been born. Not, not he's here, not he's rolling in. Hey, I bring you good news. A warrior has just arrived in Jerusalem and he's taking over. It's not what he said. He or she, I actually don't know the gender of the angel. Good news on a long time frame. So as I'm in the teachers, teachers meeting and we start talking about this, immediately, immediately, I feel, I sense this juxtaposition. This juxtaposition really caught my attention. Bah! Don't be afraid. <laughs> I bring you good news on a long time frame. And I'm mulling this over for weeks. I'm mulling this over. My fears are short term. Even my long term fears for my grandkids. You know, those are decades away. A decade away. I have no idea when they're having kids. A year away. I don't know. (laughs) A decade away. Even that's a short term thing. What the angels are talking about here. A savior, a messiah, a lord. Thousands of years has been born to you. And we now know that this this birth 
This king that was born is going to grow up and he's going to preach and he's going to heal people and he's going to die. Whoa. And then he's going to send a spirit and that spirit is going to bring in the age of the church. And we don't know when, but we do know that some point at some point he's promising that he will bring peace. He will bring order. He will replace evil with love. But it's a it's a long stretch. So right away, I'm mulling this over. There's this crazy juxtaposition about how all of my fears, all of my fears can be contained kind of in a a three-decade thing. And the angels say, don't be afraid because there's this longer story than you. It spans way beyond you. So that's what I'm thinking about. And then two weeks ago, I'm sitting right around in over there somewhere. And Dave is up here talking. And he shows this next slide. Right? You remember if you were here? The more your surrender increases, the more your joy increases. The more your surrender increases, the more your joy increases. And since I'm contemplating fear, I'm looking at that slide and I'm thinking, Ah, wait. This is similar. This is on the same plane. And I, and I, and I wrote in my notes something about, uh, um, if the, if my future is negative, how will I have joy? If my future is negative, how will I have joy? And I was thinking, it's surrender is the same answer. So, and the next slide is, I think, I think this is part of that graph too. The more my surrender increases, the more my fear decreases. The more my surrender increases, the more my fear decreases. Because surrender is trust. Trust in God's power instead of my own. Trust that He really is actually a Savior. A Messiah, a Lord. Trust that he has sovereignty, the the word Lord. Trust that he has my best interest in mind. Trust that he has a long-term view of what's going on in the world and not my short-term view. Right, uh, if uh, Paul in Philippians talked about, I can be in any situation. I've learned to be poor and I've learned to be rich and I've learned to be content in all those situations. Well, how does Paul do that? By surrendering his idea that he knows what's coming. So, that's what I was thinking two weeks ago. And then, as I was still continuing to write in my notes, I was like, it goes back one more series too. Two series ago, we were talking about idols. Do you remember that? Were you around? We were talking about idols. And the teachers in that series came up with this idea that there are these four... uh, Core idols. They might not be the only ones, but there are four that sort of sit underneath the other ones. I don't know if you remember them, but here they were. Control, greed, comfort, significance. That's what we taught two series ago. And I was like, wait, this ties in too. Do you know what I'm afraid of? Do you know what I'm afraid of? I'm afraid of losing those things. I absolutely am. I realized I don't want to lose control. I don't. I want to be able to decide everything about my life. I want to be able to decide what I do and when I do it. I wanted to be able to decide whether I'm healthy or not healthy. I want to be able to decide uh, that I'm the boss. You know, I own my own company in part because I'm such a decider, <laughs> to quote the bush. I want to, I want to be in control. And I am, I'm really afraid that at some point I won't be able to be in control anymore. 
You know, my company won't work or the economy won't work or something. I will get sick. I won't be in control anymore. That's that's fearful to me. That's an idol. I don't want to lose my buying power. Can I just admit that to you? I like being able to buy things. I really do. I think it's fun to be able to go online and, and, and find something and buy it. Is that wrong? Yes. Yes, absolutely it is. But still, I want that. Over Thanksgiving, me and my niece had a really fun time. We were building cars online. It's so wrong for Thanksgiving, but that's what we were doing. And then we got into this game and tried to, dis- tried to figure out who could buy, who could build the most expensive car online. I think we got up to about a $180,000 car. It was awesome. I don't have that kind of buying power, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> now I'm not doing that, but, but it was fun. Uh, a weird kind of fun, right? I don't want to lose that. I don't want to lose my comfort. I live in a, I live in a nice warm house. I have a heated blanket on my bed. I love heated blanket. Man, you get in, it's oh, right? You don't have to go through that, that one minute of freezing. I love that. I love that. I don't work a million hours. I get to ride, I get to choose to ride my bike or sit on the couch and watch TV. I gotta choose those things. I can choose to go to a restaurant every now and then and not have to feel too guilty about it. I love that. I'm afraid, this is what my point, I'm afraid of losing that. I'm afraid of losing significance. I'm afraid of losing this, I mean really, this kind of stage to be able to talk. And I have this in lots of areas of my life, where when I say things, it seems like people are listening to that. It's wrong, it's wrong that I like that. That there's something about me that drives, and I try as hard as I can to push that away and be humble. But when I really think about what are my fears, what am I afraid of, those things are mixed in. So this is absolutely not the good news that the angel came and said. The angel did not come and say, hey, have no fear. I bring you good news. You're always going to be your own boss. I bring you good news. You're never going to be poor. I bring you good news. Your retirement will be fully funded and you will be able to travel the world. I bring you good news. You're going to be famous and well-respected in your field. Right? Nothing like that was going on. Nothing. I bring you good news. There was a Savior, a Lord, a Messiah who was born, who has a long-term plan, who has a long-term vision. Everything is going to come back to God in the way that it was meant to be. And really, and really, let's be realistic with ourselves. Jesus' followers did not end up with control or stuff or comfort or significance. Right? This is a verse out of John 21. Jesus is talking to Peter. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself. You had control. And you went where you wanted. But when you are old, this is, this is not cool. This is Jesus telling Peter... Look, this is where your future is. When you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and they will lead you to where you do not want to go. A little bit vague, but what he's saying is, Peter, you're going to be in prison and you're going to stretch out your hands and they're going to dress you and they're going to bring you to be executed. You are not going to die with control or stuff or comfort or significance. 
on this world. <laughs> Obviously, Peter died with all kinds of significance later. And of course, Jesus himself didn't die with those things. So, this is, you're inside Kurt's head right now, right? This is my pondering. So, I have to confront things in myself. I have to say, what if, what if the future doesn't go the way I want it to go? What if my fears, the things I'm afraid of, actually do come true? Am I going to be able to have joy? Is it going to be still good news? Am I going to be able to look and say, good news? There's a Savior, a Messiah, a Lord. There's three potential answers. One, yes. And if that's your answer, congratulations. That's amazing. If we could get, if we could get to yes, think about this. If we could get to yes, if I could say, I, it doesn't matter what happens to me in the future, kind of like Paul, it doesn't matter, I know I will be able to have joy. If you could say that, think about how low fear would be in the, in the scale then. Think about that. If I really could say, you know what, it doesn't matter. If I have no money, if I have no comfort, if I have no significance, I still will have joy then how scary is the future? Not very scary. So if that's you, if you can already say yes to that, that's amazing. The other answer you might have is, nope. <laughs> I just will tell you right now, I'll just admit it. If those things are taken away from me, that I will be unhappy. Uh, sorry. <laughs> if that's your answer, you have, th- you have things to be afraid of. You can't control any of those things. You should be afraid. You should. Probably, though, your answer is like mine. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I want to know, but I don't. If that's you, I have three strategies to offer you. We have a slide with this. Three strategies. Number one. Remember who God is. That's what the angels were saying right off, right? I have good news. There's a Savior. There's a Messiah. There's a Lord. And I encourage you, as much as you can, understand those terms. Understand what the angel was really saying. But if that's not it, understand who God is. Who is God? What's His nature? You guys, we have got to get, we have got to get across this hurdle where we start thinking of God as something we should be afraid of or someone who is not really happy with us and start, Dave said it early on. Remember, God is for you. We have got to get in that spot where we can think God is for me. So even if those things happen to me, God is still for me. It didn't mean he went against me. He's sovereign and in his sovereignty, he loves you. And, and, and this is so hard. It's so confusing. None of that means that those four things aren't going to happen to you. None of that means that. But God still will be with you. He's still saying, I'm the storyteller. I'm the author. I'm writing this. And even though there's hard things in this book, it's all going to come out. And all of it will be looked at as for the good. <clears throat> Remember who God is. Number two, this was interesting to me as I started thinking about it. Look into my past to prepare for my future. Because here's the thing. 
I've been through hard times. I've been through the loss of lots of those four, probably all four of them. We've been through that. You know, my wife and I have been through where she's like taking in laundry of people so that we can eat. We've been through that. And as we look back at those times, we were not sad, depressed, uh, forlorn. We bonded together. We, we looked towards God. We still understood that God was in control. We didn't get bitter. This is really powerful to me all of a sudden. I can look in my past and say, you know what? The things I'm most afraid of, I've kind of been through. And it wasn't as bad as I think. But I still, for some reason, I still, as I project them into the future, I get scared of them. But if I can look and say, look, my past is a good indication that I have been able to handle those things. I have been able to come through. Not perfectly, come on. But I've been able to do it. And number three, practice fear not. This one I don't know as much about. This is a Dave Bartlett thing. If you guys are from Orchard for very long, you've heard Dave give this kind of a talk where he would practice fear not. And like let's you and me are here. I don't know if Dave's in the room or not, but I'm going to talk about him here. It's weird what he does, right? He, he would literally practice hearing really bad news. He would literally practice, um, when his daughter was like uh, uh, early in high school, very young, he would practice her coming into his office and telling him that she's pregnant. He would practice that because he wanted to get it right. He wanted to be able to say the right words and not really hurt and harm that situation. That's weird. He would practice losing his job. Weird. He would practice... Um, Actually, this is, he would practice his family being in a car accident. He would practice that. I don't understand, but, but, but I hear what he's doing. I hear what he's saying. Even though I will probably not get to the point that he was of literally like saying the words, it's still good to play out in your mind. What if it does happen? What if it does go wrong? Then what? And usually, Usually, we can say, I will still have people around me. I will still have love of God. I will still have uh, uh, some way to keep going. And that can really take a lot of the fear out of the future. So, I just want to say, fear not. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Such significant words. I will bring you good news. That will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah. He's the Lord. Amen. Heavenly Father. It's so funny that right in this holiday season is a time for some of us to be almost the most into ourselves, the most looking down at our feet, the most uh, involved in the hustle and bustle and the, and the daily chore of getting ready for the holidays. Help us. Help us. Help us overcome. Help us understand that your good news is this long story that you've been writing for centuries. Help us understand that this good news is not going to change. 
There is no future in which the good news isn't good news. Help us understand that you are a great God, a loving God, and a sovereign God. Somehow, Lord, help our souls to relax and to really, truly fear not. Amen.